Blackhawks Live. It always helps when you win. Go Blackhawks! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain, go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Here's Chris Bowden and Nick Gismondi. Yep, doing it on a Tuesday night this week since the Blackhawks were in action in Florida last night. And we're hope you're along for the ride over the course of the next hour. Good evening, everyone. I'm Chris Bowden. Joined, as always, not from the Rockies, but uh, somewhere due south of there, Nick Gismondi. And uh, I just saw the picture that you tweeted out. You are one excited guy to come on and do this show once again, as you always are. Oh, buddy, come on. Are you kidding me? I love it. Anytime I get to talk hockey with you, it doesn't matter where I'm at, the Rockies or at TPC Scottsdale. It's, it's, it's go time, whether it's Monday, Tuesday. You name it, pal. I'm here. You know it. Yeah, well, uh, you're, but you're, you're not, uh, you're not uh, playing golf. You're working, right? I'm working. I'm yeah. working. Yeah, yep, yep. You got to keep. Uh, you got to. You got to keep grinding, right? Right. Just like the boys, you got to just keep keep the target in front of you and just keep keep moving. You're not gonna. You're not gonna mind if they let you sneak in around down there though before uh, before they they cut you loose on your job there. But uh, uh, really excited tonight. A little bit later on, the second half hour, we will be joined by the Hall of Famer himself, Dennis Savard. Always fun to talk to Savvy um, and uh, get some of his insights, some of his reflections, get his thoughts on what's going on this year because we have yet to really. Uh, get some of his reaction with what this Blackhawks team is, is doing so far this year. And uh, Nick, you know, we knew this month of March was going to be a challenging month. All you had to do was look at the calendar, look at the schedule and the opponents that the Blackhawks are playing here. It is proving to be uh, exactly that on what is their most difficult road trip of the year. No doubt about that. After splitting a couple of games in Dallas last week, uh, Blackhawks still trying to figure out a way to beat this Florida Panthers team after uh, dropping both games in regulation. And now it's on to those Tampa Bay Lightning coming up on Thursday and then a matinee on Saturday. I believe that was originally an evening game, but they have switched it to an afternoon contest due to some of the rescheduling the league has had to do with other teams and COVID protocol and whatnot. But uh, again, so far one in three on this trip, and uh, they get to face the defending Stanley Cup champions next. But yeah, we knew this was going to be a challenge. We knew this was going to be all part of the, the growth process. Uh, you know, Just going into this month, all of us are have been more than pleasantly surprised at the way this team has grown over the course of the season. And now they're going up against the very best. When you look at the Central Division, of the uh, the top three teams above the Blackhawks are among the top four in points percentage, and uh, uh, it, it is it is so top heavy. And uh, the Blackhawks are getting a heavy dose of the of the Floridas and the Tampa Bay's and the Carolinas right now. Yeah, listen. The, the bonus is there's a lot of bonding that happens on these trips, even though it's mid season. That's still a big factor. Uh, you know, I think it's a nice measuring stick. It's a good test. I I expected a little bit better against the Florida Panthers. To be quite honest with you, I thought they they pick up some points there somewhere along the line. But you know, Coach Quinville, you know, he knows what he's doing. He knows that roster pretty well. As you know, even though there are new guys in the mix, I you know I think that that's a distinct advantage for him to to be able to kind of hone in and, and be able to pick that apart a little bit and you saw that you saw that a touch especially in the in the game on Monday yesterday but listen they they I like the way that they played Tampa at the start of the month and and I think that when you look at these next two games after a little bit of a letdown against the Panthers it's an opportunity to 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 build again it's an opportunity to bounce back and it's an opportunity to to jump back in against the Stanley Cup champion and and see what you can do and say okay all right we we, we faltered a little bit to the Panthers but now we can bounce back and 
and put some numbers up on the board. And right now you're just you're just trying to pick up points. And then from there you you, you turn it into okay now we we go back home and now we've got the Florida Panthers for two more before before Nashville comes in uh, into town and then Carolina. But I, I I like the schedule only because it's a good challenge and it's a really good measuring stick. And I. Listen, Bodes, you and me both know that everybody's kind of looking at it like, oh, they're slumping now. They're not They're not really slumping. I mean, they're having a little down moment here, but I, I think I think that the bounce back's going to be good against Tampa Bay, especially here on Thursday night. Well, yeah, they're, they're playing the very best teams in the league right now. Yeah. I mean, and uh, that's one thing. And you go back to last night's game where uh, they have themselves a 3-1 lead there midway through mm-hmm. the second period, and you hear Troy talk about it all the time, and he's talked about it a number of times uh, so far this season. A young team trying to manage those critical moments in a game, and you know that they are aware of it. Uh, you know, uh, you know the coaching staff is reminding guys, okay, you guys, you you guys hurt them. You, you struck a couple of times here. This is a very good team on the other side, and you're going to expect a pushback from them. And this is something that you know this relatively young team is still trying to find a way to manage well, how to handle those situations when the other team, you know, has, has taken a couple of shots. You've you've landed a couple of blows on their chin, and now it's them, time for them to get up off the canvas. And you have to uh, expect a pushback from them and it's happened on a number of occasions and that's something that this team is still learning you know whether it's the caliber of opponent of a Florida or what we saw a couple times against Tampa Bay at the United Center or some of the other teams it's just part of this learning process that uh, you know the Blackhawks are, are continuing to fight their way through. Yeah, and you want to learn this now. You, you know, the, these pushback moments, these, okay, we had a lead, and then they pushed back and squandered it away. You, you know, I firmly believe that if this if this team can trend in the right direction and finish out the season strong, they, they, they will be in the mix for the playoffs. And if they are, these are the valuable moments. These are the look-back moments that you can say, okay, look at what happened here. You, you, you had them on the ground by the throat, and we've talked about this a couple of times. You, you've got to put them down at that moment. You can't give them an opportunity to, to kind of – climb back in and and we've seen them do that in some moments and we've seen them falter in others so you know for me the the important thing is is that they've got to start learning those killer instincts and you know Patrick Kane talked about that at the very beginning of the season he said he'd like to see he said I'd like to see us close things out more in in that middle frame and into that third period than we have been before so I have to imagine that that is something that he's being very vocal about with these guys and saying hey listen that's another opportunity where we had two points Mm -hmm. We let the we let our foot off the gas. We give them too much credit, or we don't match their push, and all of a sudden we we, we lose a hockey game. So, you know, I think those are the moments where they're they're going to have to really learn from their mistakes. And also, when that pressure does start coming back, don't panic in those moments. That's when you just have to reapply the pressure and try to push back on them a little bit. And if you can, if you can learn to match that in the regular season, much better than trying to figure it out in the playoffs when it's a game five or six when it really matters. Yep, uh, we will be joined by. Hall of Famer Dennis Savard coming up at 7.35. Just uh, uh, just a little housekeeping here. We were originally supposed to also be joined by Assistant General Manager in, term, uh, in charge of player development, uh, Mark Eaton. But Mark, uh, something came up with Mark, and he's checking out players. And uh, so uh, something came up with uh, with him tonight. We hope to get him on uh, at some other point here during the course of the season over the uh, next couple of months. But uh, we'll 
we'll use this opportunity to take some of our listener questions. We asked on social media if you had any questions or comments about the Blackhawks that you wanted Nick and I to try to tackle here in the first half of the show. We will certainly do that. And Nick and I will talk a little bit more about the state of this team moving forward. Also may have a chance, if we have a couple of minutes before we break at the bottom of the hour, to hear what Kirby Doc had to say. He is now practicing with the Hawks. We touched on that with Stan Bowman uh, when the um, uh, Blackhawks uh, president of Hockey Ops was on with us last Monday night. And in the meantime, Kirby had himself a Q&A with reporters during the course of last week during this road trip, and uh, he shared some of his thoughts about uh, what the injury was like in this process of coming back, where he thinks he is right now, uh, and uh, shared a couple of other things as well. So we'll play some of that for you as we approach the bottom of the hour, just to give you a sense of where Kirby's at in his recovery and his timeline, too. So uh, that all coming straight ahead, and then again, second half hour will be heavy on Savoir Fair. Dennis Savard joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by Chevy Drive, Chicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Welcome back to Black Box Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Alongside Nick Guzmanti, I am Chris Bowden. We'll be joined in about 15 minutes by the great Dennis Savard. But in the meantime, this is the first opportunity that we've had in several weeks. I think we did this on one of the show earlier on. And uh, we were asking uh, our, our listeners to send in uh, questions on social media. So let's get to some of those as uh, Nick and I will try and answer them the best we can. And uh, first of all, we had to go to Brandon, Nick, uh, because he is the president of the Blackhawks Live fan club. And uh, yeah, so so Brandon jumped right on this opportunity. Uh, he wanted to know how the Hawks can get get out of this recent slump, get back to the winning ways. And he also asked, could we see a late-season pickup with the cap space that the Hawks have before the deadline? And, you know, uh, Nick, as, as we kick this around, you know, I asked Troy about this as well, because you have guys who, you know, have really stepped up here, uh, particularly uh, guys on one-year deals that the Blackhawks have signed. They were I don't think they were initially going to sign Carl Soderberg, but he has been an asset here as, once he got, you know, the first 8-10 games under his belt. Matthias Yanmar is also on a one-year deal. And depending on, on where the Hawks are and how Stan wants to, and this is one of the questions I wanted to get around to with Stan when we had him on last week. We just ran out of time. How he approaches the trade deadline. But I would have to think Stan is, and, and Troy agreed with us when I asked him last night, um, it, it's all it's still going to be about the big picture with Stan. Depending on where this team is, um, he has choices to make if, say, another team would want to Come and approach him about one of those veteran players who is on an expiring contract. Uh, you know, I mentioned two names in particular, and you know, if if someone wants to throw a, a second or a third round draft pick, I think Stan seriously has to look at that and, and weigh where this team is at and and what those players can do for the Blackhawks, which could potentially be a first round matchup against you know a Carolina or a Tampa Bay, which you want to get to for this team's you know long term growth. But by the same time, long term growth and big picture is uh, something that Stan has to take into account as you know you continue to try and stockpile inventory in this in this rebuilding mode that they're in. Yeah, very interesting. What's going to happen at the at the deadline here, and and it, you know that's something that I've sort of kind of been thinking about, and it's some some of the stuff that I've been tossing around with my buddies and chums throughout the league and management and and that are on the ice, and you know, hey, what what is the move? What do the Chicago Blackhawks do in this situation? And I think the next few weeks are obviously going to dictate that. Uh, you, you know, playoff implications, things like that. That's going to have a factor. But if there's a deal that's just too good to be true, it is still, as you said, bodes about that long term 
growth and development and that quote unquote rebuild that we've heard them say. So if you get offered a sweetheart deal that you just can't say no to, you're probably going to be listening to absolutely everything right now. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know as though the Blackhawks are are buyers this a trade deadline. I think that the suitors are going to come for certain guys, and I think that there are obviously guys that are going to be way off limits, but that there are, there's, there's going to be other guys that are going to be in the mix as well. The other thing that you got to think about is the expansion draft coming up this summer. Do you, you know, who are you exposing? Who are you protecting? Uh, do you need to bring in somebody that's a buffer if there's somebody that you want to keep and maintain, and et cetera, et cetera? And then, you know, I think the second part of that question is: is how do they get out of the the, the slump that they're in? I, you know, I love Brandon; he's my guy. I wouldn't necessarily call it a complete slump right now. You you know, you, you picked up three points against Tampa Bay, and um, you, you know, I don't know. I, I I feel like maybe it's a little bit of a letdown for sure. The last you know, the last uh, couple losses there, but I, I think that this is a team who. You know, played well against Dallas, uh, considering what was going on. The, the Florida games were like, okay, what's going on there, boys? But I, I before I call it a slump, I'd like to see how the bounce back is against Tampa Bay. And I think for the majority of this team right now, it's just about the mentality. Change your mentality. Keep having fun. Keep enjoying each other. They're having a good time in Florida, even though they're quarantined and doing all the things they're supposed to do per the league rules. But it's a good opportunity to bounce back. And, you know, maybe if they struggle against Tampa Bay, then we can revisit that question. Yeah. Yeah, they're going up against the highest caliber teams in the yeah. league right now yeah. in their barns, too. 100%. So, yeah, we, we we knew this was going to be a challenge uh, heading in. Uh, AJ uh, tweeted at us, uh, do you think the Hawks are hurting Kalanuk and Bodan's development by keeping them on the taxi squad and not letting them play in Rockford? I think this is, uh, Nick, this is a very fluid situation. You're, you're going to bring these guys up for certain stretches of time, and if you're finding you're not inserting them in the lineup, you know, I, I think... You know, they Kalanuk came up right before this road trip, and and then Bodan was was eventually added as well. You know, when uh, they were looking for some different looks on defense, they had a couple of injuries and you know potential suspensions that they may have had to manage. But I think you know these guys aren't going to be in one place for a long time. They're not going to be on a taxi squad for you know anything longer than than two weeks or so. If they find that those guys aren't playing, they're going to be sent back to Rockford, and the shuttle will begin. Some other guys will come up. Because um, I'm sure Stan Bowman, Jeremy Carlton, the entire coaching staff and hockey ops don't want those guys sitting around at the expense of some playing time. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be very fluid. We're going to see, you know, kind of the, the Rockford train going back and forth with some of these guys because they don't want them sitting around for too long. Yeah, and keep in mind the other aspect of development is not just on the ice. When they're taxi squatting, they're a little bit more exposed to the team. They're a little bit more in tune with how things work in the NHL, et cetera, et cetera. So you are still getting a little bit of that development, even though you're not getting NHL game speed type of work. But when you're working with the guys and you're moving around and you're kind of understanding the situation, it, it, it's, it's helpful. But I would agree with you, Bodes. I think that there is going to come a time when – and Carlton is so mindful of it. He's like, okay, we, these guys need to play in games. The game situation is 100% different than practice. You really you really can't replicate it. So, yeah, there are times when it's like, okay, let's get these guys out there and let's move them around a little bit. But I think you said it best, Bodes. It's a fluid situation. This is a weird, weird year. And 
you know, listen, I'm going to be the first guy to say it. I really hope we don't have to go through anything like this again because it's it's weird for everybody. It's weird for the players. It's weird for you and me. It's weird for the staffs, the scouting. I mean, this whole thing is just to a point where it's like, let's get back to some normalcy. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think there's any normal right now in how they're doing things or what the rhyme and reason is. And I think everybody, including every other team in the league, is fumbling around trying to figure out what that what what that level or how do you keep that measurement of balance between are these guys getting enough experience what is the taxi squad etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah and uh finally our buddy katrina loyal listener uh she tweeted us uh, i keep hearing your radio partner troy mentioned how bad the face-off percentage is hurting the blackhawks so what exactly makes it so difficult for a player to become proficient at it and what needs to happen so that some of the current players uh, can win them uh we can't keep waiting for taves and that was another question we just got in from one of our phone callers about uh, how much this team misses Jonathan Taves. When you look at it, we heard Pew Suter talk the other day about this has been the biggest adjustment that he has had to make from playing overseas. It is the face-off circle and the way you know players are allowed to, to move in and you use their feet and you have to learn the league. You have to learn the officials who are dropping the puck as well. Troy talks about that as being part of the equation too. But I, I also look at, you know, right now you have David Camp, who, who's the Blackhawks' best faceoff guy. Jonathan Taves was a career, what, 56, 57% guy. Yep. You have those two guys that, you, you know, you, you thought you were going to bank on. Then they bring in Carl Soderberg, who I don't think was originally in the plan, but became available. He's been winning about 50% of his draws. The real caveat is when the Blackhawks got Ryan Carpenter uh, a couple of years ago, uh, he was coming off a couple of real good face-off seasons with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you know, he had established himself as you know one of those fourth-line guys, and he had above fifty percent uh, face-off win percentage for a couple years before the Blackhawks acquired him. Same thing with Lucas Walmark this year. He was another guy that the Blackhawks thought could uh, they could bring in and w- would definitely help in that situation for whatever reason. Uh, Carpenter's kind of struggled at the faceoff dot this season, and Lucas Walmart definitely has. So those are two guys who historically you think are going to assist you in that, and for whatever reason, they're just struggling. It's like a symphony out there in trying to win faceoffs. You guys you have guys who are great, but then the guys who are 50-50 or less, then you need a lot of help from your other guys in terms of trying to win those puck battles off of the draw if they don't, if they aren't won or lost cleanly. Yeah, and, and you know, I was I'm glad you brought up uh, Carpy because that's certainly something that you, you know that we've looked at looked at a lot, and, and and he's a guy that I know really well. And in, in Vegas, when when he and I were there together in 17, 18, and then eighteen and nineteen, you know, his faceoff percentage was I think in in seventeen, eighteen, it was around fifty percent, and in that second season, he was at fifty two percent, and it it dropped off the, the the last couple of years in in Chicago a little bit. You know, he's a career forty seven percent guy right now, but you know, he has had some some big moments for this team on the draw in the circle and I think he's just kind of trying to find a way to get that back but it you know Troy's correct there's so much feel to it there's and you know what's interesting is that, that there has been a lot of official turnover this year like there's new officials as well mm-hmm. and you do get used to those guys and their rhythm and their way of dropping the puck and things like that so it is a bit of a learning curve but certainly the faceoffs in my opinion is always the most one of the most important aspects of the game. When you're successful at the face-off dot, you're just giving yourself that much more possession time, that much more opportunity, especially offensive and defensive zone face-offs, to, to put your team in a good spot. And so, you know, I think there's, there, there could definitely be a link between the team's struggles in the circle to where they're at relation-wise and against teams right now. So. Yeah. 
and you want your best players 100%. to have the puck on their stick, and yes. that's why you know Jeremy took took uh, took the move yesterday to put David Camp up there with Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinka. You can't afford to have those guys chasing the play all the time. So uh, you know he he made the decision to put David Camp up there. We'll see uh, what he decides to do moving into this Tampa Bay series, whether he sticks mm-hmm. with that. But yeah, young guys, Suter. Kurashev, you know, also on the draw. Um, you know, uh, Matthias Yanmark has, has struggled with the opportunities that he has gotten on the faceoff circle. So, uh, again, uh, part of an area to build on here moving forward in the second half. The Blackhawks, 30 games in, sitting at 33 points and in fourth place in the Central. Here comes Gwen Anderson. His pass knocked down by Savar. Gates through center, ragging the puck. Savar still has it around Tegan. Oh, so good to hear that stadium roar from oh, days gone by. Welcome back in to Blackhawks Live, presented by Chevy DriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive, along with Nick Gizmondi. I'm Chris Bowden. It is our pleasure to be joined now by the Hall of Famer, the Blackhawks ambassador, fifth all-time in franchise history in goals, third in points, second in assists, and first in points per game at 1.24 during his career, his great Hall of Fame career here. Welcome to Dennis. Savvy, what's wrong with me? I'm here in Chicago. Gizmondi's down at the TPC in Scottsdale. You're probably at some course in Florida. What's what's wrong with this picture? i I, I got to get down somewhere warm with you guys. Well, I wish we'd be all home watching our team play. It's been... Uh... It's been a fun year, you know. I think, as we all know this year, uh, you know, expectations uh, with a lot of new faces, new young players. Uh, didn't know really what to expect, but uh, they really come along and played so well. It's been fun to watch, and I wish that uh, all soon we'll be together. I know that uh, COVID's almost over, and hopefully that uh, we get all healthy, everybody's healthy, and, uh, you know, we move on and go on to, to get our fans back in the building and, all of us together, yeah, be back in the building as well, Chris. Yeah, I, I miss your fist bumps. I miss the miss those Stanley Cup rings hammering my my knuckles when you <laughs> when you walk past me in fist bump. But uh, obviously, it's been a pleasant surprise this season. What what has impressed you the most about this team? Well, you know, I, a lot of things really. Um, a lot of questions were about goaltending before we went in with Corey, uh, you know, retiring or even signing a free agent with the Devils. But you know, Lankinen has been. A great surprise, and I know much about him. I heard some great stuff about him, the young, young kid and all that stuff. And Obviously, Malcolm has been a great backup in the last couple of years with uh, Golden Knights, and he's really done a good job. You know, those two goalies have been, uh, you know, a great surprise for a team. And, um, you know, I love Lincoln, and I really do. Um, and I've watched his press conferences after the games when he speaks. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's a brilliant kid, and he's got a smart... Uh, He's a smart one, so it'd be fun to watch him over the next uh, few years. Obviously, and obviously, Malcolm has done a great job as a as a backup in Vegas, and when he was put in the net this year, he's played very well. So that's one part that impressed me. And, you know, I think you know you got to give our management a lot of credit. They, um, you know, you look at the acquisition they made over the summer. Um, you know, we got bigger. I think in some capacity. You know, Jan Mark and obviously Soderberg, mm-hmm. they're big bodies. I don't love. I know that. Uh, you know, Sauter's done a great job for us for many years, but uh, it was in the situation that we need to, to fix back on the back end. And Dahan being healthy and Dunk, as we know, he's all plays his 25 minutes a game, sometimes more. Uh, you know, it's 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 been um, it's been a fun ride, and I wish that uh, we'd be all there to watch him. But soon, hopefully, that that's going to happen. 
Savvy, when you, when you take a look at this team and, you know, in the summertime they come out and they say, okay, it is a little bit of a rebuild, what what in your mind is the is the path forward and, and how does this team continue to, you know, be that impressive group and, and get back to those Stanley Cup winning days? Are they, are they close? Uh, what needs to happen here for them, do you think, in the near future? You know, they, yeah, I mean, they, it's amazing. I mean, it's going to be a great – great year for them as far as experiences for some of the players, uh, you know, the Korchov and then Hegel and you know, don't forget now we, with even the injury that we have Taser and Strom and Shazi and mm-hmm. Doc that are out uh, that's that's tough to, to, you know, you talk to centermen's being out, it's very difficult to, to compete in this league, but what I like what Jeremy's done, he's really put a, a belief in them um, they're really working, that's what's been impressive for that team, is how hard they work during every game um, you know, last night was a tough one. I watched the game, and it was a tough one to lose. And nobody will tell you that, you know, that they're not disappointed. They have to be, you know, six, seven minutes left in the third. And the game is tied up, and there's a power play, and they end up, you know, getting a short knee against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no, but the most impressive thing that I've seen from this club is they, they work. They're fun to watch. They're relentless. And, uh, you know, when you have young players that are hungry as, as as they are right now, and it's a great uh, tool for the coach to have because uh, they'll compete for ice time. So um, I, to say, well, uh, I'll probably win the winner Stanley Cup again, uh, well, well, we'll see. I mean, I, I believe that we're in a good spot with uh, some of our young kids. And, uh, you know, we'll get the guys back healthy again and, uh, you know, give uh, Kirby Doc more experience. It'd be great. He had such a great playoff last year. That's too bad what happened in the year. Well, juniors, but... Yeah, no, it's, um, they've done a great job. Our management's done a good job. They knew what they had, in, uh, I guess, in, in the draft that they did over the last couple of years, and they've included those guys in this year, and they've done a good job for us. It's been fun. How uh, impressed have you been with uh, the, the job? You touched on it, but the, the, the job that Jeremy has done, the, the faith that the organization has invested in him, and uh, now uh, having some traction a couple of years under his belt, walking into an extremely difficult situation, trying to make changes. I, I, you know what it was like to be an NHL head coach. Uh, at least you know you were you stepped up. You know when 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 they let Trent go, you were a part of that staff. So you weren't trying to implement any kind of drastic changes uh, for for Jeremy and the way you know we hear uh, time and time again buy in buy in. Um, uh, how impressed have you been with uh, the job that he and his coaching staff have done with this unit? Well, I, you look at the last I don't know sixteen, seventeen, eighteen games. I know the last couple here we. You know, the schedule has been very tough. Obviously, and being the Florida, now we're going to go to Tampa for two more. We had Dallas prior to that. Um, you know, what's really impressed me is how uh, all the team comes out in the first period. We come prepared to play, mm-hmm. and that's a sign of a good coach. You know, when your team comes out and plays well early in the games, it's a sign that you prepared them very well. Uh, sometimes, you know, I remember when I was coaching, if I didn't feel that I was, you know, hundred percent of myself, I had to really get out and give whatever I need to do to get our team going the first period. And I, I, I always said, you know, most games are won even the first period, especially even at the NHL level. You know, 60% of the games, if you have a lead after the first, you can end up getting points or even at most likely win the game. So, you know, he's done a good job with that. And, you know, during COVID, it's very hard to have your team focus, uh, which he has done. Our team is uh, completely focused night in, night out. They come to play every night and, uh, that's all you could ask of a coach to have his team, 
you know, ready to play and uh, put them in a system they do believe in. It looks to me like they are, and it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun ride. This team's going to be good, really good in the next few years to come. There's no question. Uh, being 14-11 right now, we could have been 16-9, and nine, a little luckier in there, so but uh, we're in a playoff spot. Hopefully we could uh, hold on to Columbus and Dallas. They're going to be probably making a push in the next 25 games, and uh, hopefully we get in, and you never know what could happen. Savvy, something I like about this group, and they've talked about it a little bit, is, yeah, they're having fun together, but they're also pushing back against all the naysayers. You know, in the off season, it was, oh, it's going to be a bad year. Oh, it's going to be this and that. How many times have you been in a locker room and you guys have just looked around at each other and been like, you know what, let's show these guys what's what. I don't care what the media is saying. I don't care what they're writing about us. I'm just going to go out there. We're going to have a good time. We're going to play hockey just like we used to do when we were kids on a pond and a rink and whatever, and we're just going to have a great time, and we're going to see where we're see where that leaves us. How important is that mentality, especially for a group like this where it's a little bit of that mix of veterans and young guys? Yeah, and, you know, obviously with the leadership of Gaynor and, and Duncan, uh, you know, even the brink at geez, he's having such a good year. I think he's got 16, 17 goals already. But I think, I think it's – it, Jeremy's done a good job of, of uh, and Stan have done a great job to get the players in there and say, listen, this this opportunity is for you guys. I mean, you, there's a chance for you to play in the NHL. There's a chance for you to become an NHL an NHLer forever. So let's see what you got. And they give these guys an opportunity, and they've really, really took uh, t- t- took it on and on themselves to play well and play together. And you're right, that, that's what I hear too as well from other from guys in the organization that the guys are getting along great they're having a lot of fun and as we all know chemistry is a big thing and uh, it looks like this group here especially the, the young ones uh, you know is 32 he'll probably play till he's 42 but <laughs> <laughs> I agree but, yeah no he's I know he's incredible he's been he's been such a uh, again a great you know not surprised you know he's, he's uh, yeah he's took he's took really this team under his belt and uh, you know have done such a great job and 12 goals obviously being a team in the scoring and yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been fun to watch I've watched most of the games I didn't watch all of them but most of them and um, the games I've watched I've been impressed you know like I said before by their work ethic and how hard these kids want it and, uh, you know once they uh, they get some more experience and uh you know, they could uh, they could be a, a great uh, great team to get uh, to get the job done someday soon uh, one more from each of us here before, before I cut you loose. And again, I appreciate the time here. Uh, you mentioned Patrick and uh, what he's been able to do this year. And, you know, if this team remains in playoff contention, there's no reason why he shouldn't be considered for for a hard trophy if they do make do make the playoffs. But I, I want to take uh, you to take me back to, to that first training camp uh, after you drafted him number one in 2007 and uh you know uh it was him it was what van reemsdyke was another option there didn't seem to be a clear-cut number one in a lot of other observers eyes but dale decides to go with with patrick kane and i would imagine you probably saw a little bit of uh of yourself in in him in terms of style of play how much were you convinced during that exhibition season that he was going to be able to stick and Make an impact the way that he did in that in that first year in the league as a skinny little eighteen yeah, year old. Yeah, because he was impressive, as we all know in camp. I mean, uh, I will never take any credit for what he's done. Really, uh, even though as his first coach, he was just an amazing player as a young man himself when he was playing junior. And uh, you know, it's just he, the will that he has. You know, I mean, he's believe it now. I mean, we saw it now in the last twelve years that all strong years on the puck. 
Uh, same for me when I came in the league. I was a little guy. I was not as big. And Kaner wasn't as big either. He got bigger, got stronger. Um, did what he needed to do to get uh, to get where he's at today. Uh, it's, it's amazing the work that he's put in. So, yeah, you know, he um, he impressed all of us. There's no question. And uh, it was just a matter of, you know, getting that confidence, that belief that you could play in it with these guys. And I knew he knew that. But once he got, you know, some some momentum going his career his first year and got to, to play in all, all situations and, uh, you know, played in key situations at the end of the game. Put him, I remember, I think we uh, we had a shootout. I think his first shootout goal was against Hassel mm-hmm. uh, against the Red Wings at the time. <laughs> so, you know, then if he's got the calm to score that goal against Dominic Dashek, who was obviously the goalie for the Sabres and he followed all his, his life as a young boy. Um, that was pretty impressive. Right then, you knew that uh, there's going to be something special, and you know, here he is now—a thousand games, over a thousand points, and, and more to come, and still dominating. Nick, you got one more for Savvy? If Savvy's got the time, I definitely do. How's the golf game, Savvy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, off and on. <laughs> I, I've been playing Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, so. Monday wasn't very good. Uh, let's see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> last, last Blackhawks-related question, but down the stretch, what, what do they need to do to finish this off strongly? Is it a mental uh, aspect, or is it something that you, you'd like to see them improve on on the on-ice product? Well, I think I think they're improving. I think they, you know, I think Jeremy, one of the first things he said uh, in his first press conference, even after the first two games lost in Tampa, that we're going to get better. And it, it, they really have. And I think they're going to continue to get better. Um, you know, you, one thing as a coach, you could do a lot of system stuff and, you know, point the right fingers here and there and put the lines together. But at the end of the day, if you got them to work and give their best every night, which we have, uh, you know, you're going to be in a lot of games in the NHL, especially with the schedule so tight and so hard and, you know, not many nights off, and we're a young team, and you should have lots of energy going down the last 25 or six games we have left here. So, um, yeah, um, hopefully, I don't know what, what's happening in Chicago now. I already uh, talked to some of my friends uh, with COVID, but uh, and I'm not sure if they're going to open the arenas, uh, you know, in the next little while here, but hopefully that we'll be able to, to come see our team with our fans uh, in the playoffs. Hopefully that could work out. We don't know, but uh, most importantly, as we all know, you know, first and foremost, we got to keep everybody safe and healthy, and uh, that's what we're doing here. Myself, my wife, uh, here in Florida, I'm playing golf, but uh, staying outside and staying home at night and doing dinners and going to my neighbors who've who have been around here for many, many years, and they don't even go anywhere else themselves. So uh, let's hope that uh, COVID gets by us quickly here, and then uh, we get our fans back in the building and see our team uh, succeed again. Yep, uh, definitely. Here's here's to that. Uh... Stay healthy, stay well, my friend. I hope to see you back here uh, sometime soon. May or perhaps uh, meet uh, meet on the golf course as well. Just stay away from my game. And uh, thanks so much for carving out a little bit of time. Good luck with the Wednesday round, too, okay? Yeah, thanks, Chris. <laughs> thanks, you guys. Enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, tomorrow the over-under... Uh, probably about eighty four. <laughs> oh, boy, that's good. I'd, I'd, take, I'd that. take that. I'd take that in a heartbeat, buddy. All right, hit him straight, savvy. Hit him yeah. straight. All right, Dennis. Uh, thanks so much. Thank we'll you. hope to see you up here soon. Dennis Savard, the uh, ambassador, the Hall of Famer, and the all time great Chicago Blackhawks, joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago dot com. Drive with Kane and Taves. Drive. Nick and I will be right back to wrap up this uh, edition of Blackhawks Live next on seven twenty WGN. It's- 
Welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by Chevy Drive, Chicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Wrapping up here in a couple minutes with Nick Ismondi as we put another bow on this edition. I know we talked about uh, hearing a little bit from Kirby Doc, but uh, I don't know if we're going to have time to do that and to hear all of it. But nevertheless, uh, Kirby is coming along, continuing to practice with the Blackhawks on the road. And again, he's looking to uh, jump that uh, original time frame of late April for an earliest return from that wrist injury. But uh, Nick, great catching up with Denny Savard. Always fun talking to uh, to the Hall of Famer. And uh, he's another one of these guys who's been really impressed by what this Blackhawks team has been able to do so far this year. I'm looking at uh, tonight's scoreboard as well, this Tampa Bay team that the Blackhawks are going to be playing um, in on uh, Thursday and then again on Saturday. They're in action tonight against Dallas. They have just owned Dallas's number in the rematches from the uh, Stanley Cup final from last September. They're already on top one nothing, And uh, Carolina is in Detroit tonight, finding themselves trailing 3-2 to two in the second period to uh, the Red Wings. But uh, great stuff from Savvy. Always, uh, always fun catching up to him. Man, what a great guy. You know, I, I think one of the coolest things when I came to Chicago last year you know, my first year was running into guys like, like Savvy, like Chelly, uh, like Espo, and you're just kind of like, oh my gosh! Like I remember standing in the hallway and watching these guys walk by, and you know, and they're smart, right? They know who you are. They say hello, and you're just looking at them. And and here I am, this you know, this this kid that grew up idolizing and playing the game of hockey, and you have guys like Tony Esposito shaking your hand and Dennis Savard shaking your hand, and you're just kind of like, what is going on? And is this real life? So it's just a testament to this organization and and the Blackhawks in general that they 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 have all of these legendary players that play for them but then want to stick around and still be a part of the organization even when they're not putting the skates on anymore and i think it, it speaks to the franchise it it speaks to the words family it speaks to everything that that organization's done the right way yep and uh one thing i wanted to bring up uh, yeah yeah the last couple of games have been disappointed with with what happened down in florida you know savvy mentioned a three three game seven minutes to go last night you have a power play opportunity and then you get beat on the shorty and then a couple of empty netters but one one thing that has been noticeable to me from an individual standpoint. Yes, Brandon Hagel's been great, continuing to be great, scoring a goal in each of those games. But I've seen something a little bit more in the last couple of games from Adam Boquist. Yes, he still needs to fill out a little bit more physically, become physically become stronger. But I thought he had two of his better games uh, over the last couple of games against the Florida Panthers. And those are the things that you're keeping your eye out for as, as the season progresses from an individual standpoint. And it's good to see Adam Boquist you know, starting to look a little bit more comfortable out there is he a finished product by no means and he's only 20 years old still but uh, i've been uh, impressed the last couple of games hopefully onward and upward with uh, boquist can do with his game Upside is massive with him. It's only going to take a, a little bit more time for him to develop. Everybody develops at a different rate and pace, and 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 Boki's trying to figure it out. And I just I love the kid. I, I love, I love the smile. I love the attitude. I love the work ethic. I I love that he's a sponge and that he's learning everything he can. And I, I think when he settles in and he really truly does get comfortable in a full. F- a full normal year with everything going the way it's supposed to go, you're going to see amazing things out of him. All right. uh, Let's uh, bring this train to a halt. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on again this week. Always fun. We will do uh, that again on back to Mondays next week at uh, 7 o'clock. And uh, hit him straight, call him straight. All right, Nick? Hey, you got it, buddy. I'll do it for you. And we're going to play this summer. I can't wait. All right. Well, <laughs> All right, I, I, you, you probably can. Uh, Nick Ismondi joining us uh, from Arizona. That's where he is this week as uh, he's doing a little work out there uh, during a tournament over at the TPC in Scottsdale. And uh, we want to thank all of you for joining us once again here this week. Hope you enjoyed the program. Also, big thanks to the Hall of Famer and the Ambassador, Dennis Savard, for giving us about 20 minutes or so of his time a few minutes ago. Thanks as well to our producer, Curtis Koch, and our engineer, Christopher. 
Flores once again next Monday night at 7. Blackhawks Lab presented by Chevy Drive Chicago will be back in its normal slot. Blackhawks will be back from the six-game road trip after playing on Thursday. Be sure to join us for the 5.30 pregame and the 6 o'clock call with John and Troy of the Hawks and the Lightning. And then they'll wrap up that road trip Saturday afternoon. It'll be a 3 o'clock puck drop in Tampa Bay. We'll have the pregame for you at uh, 2.30. So once again, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you listening. Hope you had fun. We certainly did. And coming up next here on 720 WGN, it'll be John Landecker after the news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom at 8 o'clock with Vic Vaughn. Have yourself a great rest of your night, everyone. We'll talk to you again on Monday night.